and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 72nd episode of the podcast for the week of September 30th, 2019. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to welcome back San Diego-based energy healer, open channel, and founder of Manifest Reiki and Herbs, Cassie Pinner, who will join me in a discussion on embracing change. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today. And if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access or show notes to the podcast just starting at $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. I also have a tip jar if you'd like to make a one-time donation, which you can find over at energetic principle energetic principles, plural, (laughs) dot com. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week waxing and growing in light from the passionate waters of Scorpio before moving into the philosophical fires of Sagittarius on Wednesday. We cruise through this enthusiasm-rich space before contracting down into the practical earth of Capricorn on Friday, and where we head to our first quarter square in the sign of the seagoat on Saturday. We hang out here for most of the weekend before squeaking into the futuristic airs of Aquarius late Sunday night. Now, just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe at about eight hours, and if you are in Australia or the East at about 17 hours, or basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. All right, my friends, well, what is going on this week? (laughs) There is plenty of action in the skies. We have Venus making a square to Pluto as Pluto stations to go direct. We also have Mercury moving into Scorpio and then opposing Uranus, which is always a bit of excitement. And we also have Mars moving out of Virgo and ingressing into Libra. And of course, we have a first quarter moon in Capricorn, which is going to help us get down to business. So let us get down to business and waste no time and dive right in. 
On Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Scorpio, and she will make an opposition to Uranus that day. Now, also of note, we have Venus making a square to Pluto, who is still retrograde but about to station in just a few days' time. So uh, we want to consider that Pluto is strong this week. Uh, So Venus, you know, Venus is our relationship planet, the goddess of love, you know, how we open up to things and draw things in, you know, attraction, but also what we value and how we create balance and harmony in our lives. And of course, squares, you know, squares, it's uh, it's action, it's friction, it's challenge. Uh, events take place. And so uh, where what events are taking place? Well, we are looking at Pluto. And Pluto brings about situations that typically cause great change uh, in some sort of transformative type of energy. And it's likely that deep emotional contact, uh, content or instinctual type of content comes up uh, to be purified in some way. So, you know, what a start to our week as the goddess of love meets up with the lord of the underworld. You know, just put that put that picture in your imagination and see what you come up with. Because our gal Venus is opening up to that intensity of Pluto. Yet there is a lot of backstory here as she first squared Saturn less than a week ago and then made a sextile to Jupiter on our new moon in Libra that was just two days prior. And so commitments have been examined. We desire for the growth to be made and our story to shift and move forward. And now we are challenged with the reality of what these shifts look like in the outer world. There is likely to be tension as our Venus in Libra may be desiring to keep the peace or is vacillating back and forth from opening up to this energizing shift that's taking place. Yet she is called forward and into balance by embracing the changing dynamic that is sweeping through all of our lives this week. Because, you know, Pluto is stationing after all. Uh, More on that in a minute. But let's just say that this Pluto energy is strong, all caps. (laughs) And relationships may need to go deep this week to get back in balance. uh, And the ideals that make up our value system may be in need of uh, purification overhaul themselves. So attach to what matters most this week and allow yourself to make the changes necessary so so those desires are activated into the forefront of your life. So the bottom line for Monday is is that the week starts off with some strong passions in the air as our lunar lady moves through the intense waters of Scorpio while we simultaneously feel the friction of Venus squaring Pluto. And opposition to Uranus confronts us with some disruptions that seek to liberate stuck energy and shake things up. Yet the fixity of this position may lead us to dig our heels in stubbornly. So try to find flexibility with any any moodiness that may arise, as we will most likely encounter some social complications along the way. Because desires are lit up at this time, so tune into what is being awakened. And this day may certainly be a precursor for the upcoming Mercury-Uranus opposition, just FYI. Now, on Tuesday, the moon is in Scorpio still, and she'll make a super, super early sextile to Saturn while we sleep, at least here in North America, and then a trine to Neptune, and then a sextile to Pluto. And so the bottom line for Tuesday is is that pay attention to dreams with that early morning trine to Neptune, uh, you know, because messages from spirit may be creeping in. And Pluto energy is also heavy as the planet is set to station tomorrow, and the moon is sextile in from Scorpio. So change is in the air and we are doing what we can to work with the shifts that are taking place. 
So lean into what is morphing and find the healing energy inherent in this placement by allowing yourself to go deep, even if it's just taking a moment with yourself to acknowledge how you are feeling. There is likely to be some sensitivity in the air, especially as Mars sits at 29 degrees of Virgo. So be aware that there are likely tests taking place today. Now, on Wednesday, the moon is now in Sagittarius, and she'll make a super early sextile to Mars, but then she'll go on to sextile the sun. Now, also of note on Wednesday, Pluto is stationing direct, and that will happen at 11.37 p.m. here, uh, Pacific time. So, um, you know, depending on where you are, Wednesday or Thursday may be that uh, station moment, but, you know, we're going to be feeling it all week. And so we have a decidedly Plutonian week before us, for not only is Venus squaring in, but the big news lies in the fact that Pluto is slowly stationing direct, and the Lord of the Underworld's agenda will begin to move forward in the Outer World. We had Saturn stationed just two weeks prior, and the effects of karma have now switched back to the cause, and long-term commitments and plans are moving forward externally. Now Pluto is ready to sweep change across the face of the planet, for what was shifting and transforming on the inside is now rippling its energetic effect in our physical realities. And it's likely to be a week where we see force in the news or power plays uh, that are taking place, and there may be stories of death and tragedy, as that can happen when Pluto opens his gates to the realm below. Yet for most of us, this is about moving our plans forward and committing to big shifts that are more in line with our integrity and who we are at the core. Flow into it and take the lead if possible, rather than trying to fight for what has run its course. There is power and treasure here if we are willing to make the shift. Now, do note, if you have any planets, especially personal ones like Sun, Moon, Venus, Mercury, Mars, that sit at uh, between 19 degrees and 21 degrees of cardinal signs like Aries, Cancer, Libra, or Capricorn, you are likely to be feeling this station uh, this week in full effect. So just FYI. We'll all feel it, but some might more than others. Now, the bottom line for Wednesday is is that the sun comes out to play as Luna has moved into the jovial fires of Sagittarius to make a supportive sextile with the sun. So if there was any, you know, some pessimism or negative emotions swirling about, we can now get a wider view and enhanced awareness into how our story is playing out. As Pluto stations, we are in an emotional place that is preparing to expand and grow, and there is a chance that we may receive some visions to light up the path ahead. Now, Mars and Mercury both sit at tested degrees of science, so some areas of life are wrapping up for new chapters to begin, so keep that in mind. Now, on Thursday, the moon is still in Sagittarius. Uh, she'll make a square to Neptune, a conjunction to Jupiter, and then uh, later in the evening, we'll sextile Venus. Now, a couple things are shifting that day. We have Mercury ingressing into Scorpio, and we also have Mars ingressing into Libra. So let's talk about Mercury here first, which will happen while we sleep uh, at 1.15 a.m. here on the Pacific Coast. 
But the messenger, you know, it has completed its stay in the cardinal airs of Libra and is moving into the fixed waters of Scorpio. And so that will be quite a shift there. Uh, And our perception and intellect is shifting from a detached state of mind where we were entertaining the various sides of things while working in the land of speculation, you know, because Libra is an air sign. And now that sense of detachment will recede into an intense and subjective emotional field known as Scorpio. Where we were entertaining the various sides of truth in our minds while in Libra, we will now be putting on a more intuitive intellectual reasoning, which is likely to be uh, able to suss out what is, you know, bullshit (laughs) and what isn't, because Scorpio is good at that. It can see through things. Uh, And Scorpio can go deep and stay super focused, which means the mind now has the capacity to take on a more investigative role as we become fixated on whatever we are trying to get to the bottom of. Now, speech will be more passionate, and some words are likely to have an edge or a bite to them, uh, because that is just Scorpio. It is a Mars-ruled sign. So be conscious of the message you are sharing or taking, taking in. We can have deep and healing talks at this time with our loved ones, Uh, and if there are any skeletons that need to come out of the closet, we can find a better balance by putting it all on the table. Now, Mercury's first aspect is in opposition to Uranus in just a few days' time, so you can bet the messenger is ready to shake some things up. Now, the kicker is that Mercury will actually be in Scorpio until December 8th, and that's because uh, it will retrograde at 28 degrees of this sign on October 31st on Halloween. So, you know, unpack your mental bags because we are going to be diving deep for some time here. Now, Mars. Mars is moving into Libra, uh, which is significant, especially if Mercury is in a Mars-ruled sign. So there's a flavor there. Uh, And that will happen at 9.22 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast. So Mercury shifts while we sleep, Mars uh, later in the day. Now, so... We don't have just one, but we have two planets changing signs this week. And so warrior Mars is moving out of the earthly details of Virgo and is heading into Libra's land of justice, which happens to be the sign of his detriment. Now, Mars motivates our actions while also serving as a severing agent. So there's likely to be a lot of drive put around the relationships in our lives or the issue of fighting for justice and equality. That's definitely going to be up and really asserting ourselves in ways that are that are facilitating balance and uh, bring about our perceived vision, our, our version of harmony. Like we're fighting for our what, what's harmonious for us. And that could be the trick, just I will say, because sometimes what's uh, you know fair or even killed for us might not be for other people. And so that sometimes that dynamic comes out. Now, there is also the chance our, you know, our movements may be a little paralyzed with indecision at times because this is Mars and Libra and Libra can go back and forth. So keep that in mind if you seem to be, you know, ping-ponging from one thing to the other and then you're just kind of that analysis paralysis taking place. Now, having Mars in an air sign natally, I have it in Gemini, I have noticed that there tends to be more verbal aggression in the air when Mars is in signs that deal with the world of socializing and communication, you know, all these air signs. Yet in Libra, ultimately Mars is doing Venus's bidding and why he fights for his true desires in this sign. 
Now, I will say there will be a flavor change to Mars once Venus moves out of Libra and into Scorpio on October 8th. So watch that Martian aggression get a little more intense after that point. Yet I think the two working in mutual reception will be glad to do each other's bidding. So fight for what is right and assert yourself to start fresh within this airy cardinal energy. So Mars will be in Libra until uh, November 18th. Now, the bottom line for Thursday is, is here we have a day of shifts and tests as both Mars and Mercury saunter into new signs. So we may need a day or two to get situated in these energies because, you know, they're new and they're fresh. And especially with that Mars, because Mars moves slower. So the first half of the day may feel like we are in a bit of a cloud as Luna activates the separating Jupiter-Neptune square with her square to Neptune. So FYI, if you find yourself caught in daydreams on Thursday morning. However, that could be spirit speaking as the conjunction to Jupiter that follows a little later in the day is going to help us emotionally align with the movement taking place uh, as we gradually begin to open up to our shifting stories. We are moving on and it is time to open up to the possibilities that the future holds. Now, on Friday, the moon is in Sag, but we'll move to Capricorn uh, pretty early on in the morning here, around 10.43 a.m. on the Pacific Coast. Now, along the way, uh, she's going to square Mars, make a sextile to Mercury, and then a trine to Uranus. And so the bottom line for Friday is, is that today may be a little hairy, for as soon as Luna moves into Capricorn, she is going to make an irritating square with Mars. And with both bodies and signs of their detriment, there is the likelihood that some new agenda may be rocking the boat uh, and something's shifting here. And so the moon also triggers the upcoming Mercury-Uranus opposition. So do not be surprised if some unexpected news pops up that creates some disruption and or friction. It's also possible that our emotions may motivate us to take control and shake some things up ourselves. So watch for a bit of instability today, which may trigger the Capricorn moon's natural desire for security. Because, you know, first quarter is brewing, my friends. And I love how a siren just goes by my house as one of the trickier days of the week goes on. So FYI for Friday might be a little hairy. Now, on Saturday, we have our first quarter moon in uh, Capricorn which of course uh, is our square to the sun there. But Luna will go on to make a conjunction to Saturn and then a sextile to Neptune. And so here we have first quarter taking place at 12 degrees and nine minutes of Capricorn. Uh, And that will happen at 9.47 a.m. here on the Pacific coast. So, you know, kind of first thing in the morning. Now, this month's first quarter may have a bit of weight to it as we are activated into this lunar month's agenda via Saturn's motivation. And Saturn, you know, makes things dense and real and maybe a little heavy at times. And so we are getting down to business, committing ourselves to a direction, drawing boundary lines, and ready to pursue our long-term agenda. And if we aren't aligned with that motivation, there may be challenges at play that ask these things of us. The point of the square takes place where Saturn stationed a few weeks prior and is also on the south node. So there is a friction pushing us to get serious, but also a release that may need to take place in order to plug up any leaking energy and stay aligned with our ultimate goals. So take control of what you can in your life this weekend and see what progress you can make. Now, the bottom line for Saturday is, is here we have a definitive day where we get serious about what needs to be done 
or we get depressed via pessimism or the weight of our responsibilities, and possibly a little bit of both, (laughs) a little bit mixed in there. Uh, Because Saturn is strong today, and our commitments and long-term plan are likely at the forefront of our awareness. Money considerations may be prominent, or the need to structure and or work on projects may take center stage. And hopefully that sextile to Neptune uh, later on can help us ease up and dissolve a little of that heaviness so we can relax, you know, find compassion for the process, and even get some of those creative juices flowing. Now, on Sunday, the moon is in Capricorn, but we'll move to Aquarius uh, rather late in the evening. So depending on where you are, Aquarius might not happen until Monday. Uh, But early in the morning, Sunday, while we sleep, we have that conjunction to Pluto taking place. Now, also of note on Sunday is Mercury will be opposing Uranus. So Mercury, Mercury is our, you know, that's the messenger. It's how we perceive things in our mind, our intellect, what it is we learn, how we communicate, what news comes in. And here we have an opposition where we are confronted with an outside influence, or we have a tug of war taking place, or a decision might need to be made. And we're looking for that bird's eye view. Now, what is Mercury chewing over in its mind? Well, that's Uranus, and Uranus is trying to wake us up. It's t- it can be uh, somewhat of a disruptive energy that creates sudden storms because ultimately we're trying to shake some things off or liberate or free up some energy. And so uh, that can cause a little bit of rebellion or it can help us become innovative and fix some problems. So, you know, get ready to expect the unexpected as our minds are thoroughly awakened this week. Because, you know, it's happening on Sunday, but it gets pings and hits before it makes it there. And so news may pop up out of the blue that is a bit shocking. Or there may be grand revelations that take place as fixed areas of our lives start to shake off crystallized debris that may be slowing us down. And everything comes down to Venus in this chain of command. So I think that we are motivated by our desires to speak freely about what needs to be liberated and gotten off our chests. And things may just come out at this time as the lid blows and certain secrets or hidden thoughts come out. And with Uranus in retrograde motion, this quaking may take place solely within, but chances are with Mercury in Scorpio and the very nature of opposition aspects, this will be triggered by something outside of us. Use your power wisely at this time and speak your truth, for there is wisdom to be had and worth uh, to be gained in this process. Now, the bottom line for Sunday is that intense dreams may take place that help to shift things inside, whether we are aware of it or not. For Pluto is super strong in the stationing energy, and the moon uh, that's making a conjunction to Pluto uh, while we sleep here in North America. So we are bound to incite some shifts of transformative energy. And chances are we will wake up with even more of a focus as our plans and projects crystallize and Mercury's opposition to Uranus helps to bring forth an innovative edge. By evening, we will be feeling into the future and emotions will lighten and detach a bit as Luna moves into Aquarius. So you can expect to start next week off feeling into a new perspective. So, you know, to really wrap it all up here, we wax forward in this month's Libra lunar cycle and big shifts are in the air as Pluto stations and Mars and Mercury both move signs. Now, our desires are lit up 
and relational energy goes through a rocky transition, yet, uh, you know, a revised perspective is awakened and we are confronted with what has run its course and what we are motivated to build for the long term. So now let's take a look at the cards because they always add a little something something to what we're talking about here. And this week I pulled in quite an interesting combination to, you know, to be honest, I drew the six of cups as the focus and the nine of pentacles as the grounding. Now, with the Six of Cups as the focus, there is a sense of nostalgia in the air where we may revisit memories from the past that light us up with a special feeling. And we may even be getting in touch with an aspect of ourselves from childhood that can help lead us back home in a way that is harmonizing for the soul. Now, perhaps there is someone from the past that comes back into our lives to find reconciliation, or we are struggling with a personal problem that has a root in our upbringing. Ultimately, there seems to be a resolve here as long as we don't get stuck in the allure that the past is better than our prospective future. Now, with the Nine of Pentacles as the grounding, this reconnection energy or rekindling of what feels like home is rooted in coming from a place of grounded security and maturity, where you have the self-confidence to know what is right for you. There is also an attainment factor at play, and perhaps that inner child spark that comes from that six can help us cultivate and create more of that joyful, heart-centered energy here in the everyday world. By coming back home to ourselves and our emotional joy, we can embody prosperity and the good things in life. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the turtle. Our sweet little shelled friend is here to tell us that we don't have to always hide in our shells to protect ourselves from the outside world and the potential of hurt feelings. If we frequently duck for cover without opening ourselves to the potential for good in the world, then we are going to be blocking the sweet things in life from coming in. So we may have to stick our necks out a bit and be more trusting of the process of life and what we are to encounter by coming out of our shell about something. It's also worth noting that the turtle is always at home with itself as it carries its home on its back. So see if you can find a joy and a trust in what is home for you. For the centered knowing can give more freedom and a sense of rootedness to be yourself in the world. So, all right, people, well, being myself in the world, well, of course, I have my Patreon, uh, which has my Astro Story Time there, as well as the show notes for this program. So, if you want to learn more about astrology and get a better, you know, grip on how these aspects come together, the show notes are a great option because not only do you get the week and, uh, you know, a kind of a, a look ahead and you can come back to see what's going on, you can kind of see how I put some things together uh, through more descriptive phrases because there's actually extra content than what I say during the program on the show notes. And then, of course, Astro Storytime. This is a tool uh, to help learn and to uh, help engage with charts while listening to people's fabulous life stories because uh, it is always fascinating to me. Now, educationally speaking, I'm just going to put a little tease out there that I am working on some educational opportunities that are coming down the road. Uh, So if you have ever wanted to learn or you are like, how does this all come together? Or it's just, you know, what 
how do these planets speak or how do I relate this to me? I am putting something together that is going to help that process. So I just want you to put that in your pocket for later, uh, pique your curiosity, and stay tuned for more updates on that down the road. So if you want to find out more about Patreon uh, in the show notes and Astro Storytime, you can find that over at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right, I am so happy to welcome this week's very special guest. We have Cassie Pinner here with me. Hello, Cassie. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Mel. Thanks for asking me to be here. Woo! Yes, so Cassie has been (laughs) on the program once before. Actually, Cassie was on the episode uh, we did probably about a year plus now. It was September, yeah. Yeah. September. We talked about uh, Neptune, and I was talking the journey to Neptune, because Cassie had a fabulous Neptune story within her own natal chart. And it turned out to be an awesome episode where we got to actually use your own personal experiences to kind of dive into the planets. Um, And that was a special episode, too, because uh, that's when I got a shout out from Chris Brennan on the astrology podcast. So your podcast uh, episode was kind of like an introductory point for a lot of listeners to come I in. I didn't even know that. She didn't even know that's that. That's so cool. Saving that for it. <laughs> so now if you didn't hear that podcast, uh, Cassie, tell us a little, quickly a little bit about yourself. Um, well, even if you did hear that, a lot of things have changed. So I'll just reintroduce (laughs) myself anyway, because it's been a year. Um, I am an energy healer, a veil walker, a seer, a witch, a doula now, a medicine maker, a poet, an ancestor, and the founder of Manifest Reiki and Herbs. Yes, she is... Uh, just a plethora of mutable signs and a jack of all trades. And, you know, Cassie, you're always on an adventure, it seems. It's <laughs> yeah. like, it speaks to the, uh, uh, this, we were talking about the Sagittarius Neptune on that, that program that we did, uh, which Sag is the sign of the, you know, the seeker, the, the right? seeker, the, the explorer. explorer. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love that. Now, okay. So now you're not an astrologer per se, as we've realized, but you, you're totally into astrology. And yeah. She always she hits me up and she's like, what's going on here? Or, <laughs> or she'll feedback what, what you're getting. Um, but what was your interest in astrology? Like what sparked like planet stars for you? Yeah. So I just remember from high school, instead of going home, I would walk to the library and read astrology books. So there was no one around me talking about that or reading it or who cared about that, I don't think, that I remember. But I was just really drawn to learning more about it and kind of reflecting on it. I think it was maybe I was trying to figure out myself, like how a lot of people get into it, but also everyone around me. And that was almost like the first language that made sense to me. Mm, Yeah, because you're like, oh, wait, that person is like that <laughs> or or, yeah. this is making, or I feel this way or it kind of brings things together. And, yeah. And it was something bigger than all of us. Right. So yeah. like something that had like a, a more bird's eye scope on our, our whole existence, which made more sense to me. Yeah. yeah. I feel astrology is great at that. And that's like actually one of its big, its best tools, in my opinion, is the able to pull outside of yourself or outside of another person and see more, uh, you know, bigger patterns at play or archetypal energies um, and, in and then getting reaffirmed through astrology of what you already know without it. <laughs> yeah. I find it seems to work that way. Yeah. So, so that's cool. So even at a young age, you too kind of were, you know, I find a lot of us in our teenage years seem to uh, kind of gravitate towards 
you know, that, that mystical side of things. And so I wonder why that is. I know. It's so interesting because, like, there must be something about those years where we're just in flow with that. Yeah. We're more creative. We're more emotional. Yeah, more exploratory. Like, we're not, it's not, quote, set who we are yet, which I never act like it is. So I'm still there. (laughs) Still moving through that. Yeah. I think that's a good way to be because otherwise you might get stuck. And actually, that's kind of the... uh, whole reason we're talking today is about, uh, you know, the topic is embracing change. But uh, one of the things that you work with with your clients is actually helping uh, people, you know, move through change instead of staying stagnant in areas of their life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do that energetically and also kind of like personally. So someone will come to me with an issue that they're trying to move through sometimes. Like recently, a lot I've had uh, of clients who are dealing with the loss of a parent, the Mm. death of a parent. So they're trying to move through that kind of grief, but also I'm moving their energy that's in their energy body, uh, the stagnation that's stuck there from the loss, but also from a million things that we encounter every day that gives us these energetic blockages. So I'm moving energy and I'm also helping them kind of like supporting them emotionally through moving through an actual life event. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, that speaks so well to your mutable planets because, you know, that mutable energy shifts. It it helps with transitions and to move things along. And uh, a lot of us get stuck in stagnant places. I know I am so guilty of that. (laughs) Uh, Definitely. Especially if you have fixed signs in your chart, you know, the fixed energy uh, that just is very comfortable where it is, even if it's become uncomfortable, you know. So hard for me to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, "Why why would you sit in that wet diaper? I don't understand. Yeah, well, I've known people who have, I was just talking about this the other day, like, I I know someone who said, I can't, I don't want to give a lot of details, but who said something about, they were admitting a flaw, right, Mm -hmm. of, like, letting someone else down, and I was so perplexed, I, I didn't realize that they were aware of that flaw, and then once they admitted it, but didn't, had no energy about shifting it, I was so confused, I've never thought that that was a possibility to know that you are kind of screwing up, but you're like, okay with it. But, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I was really, really took me months to understand and yeah. I'm still working through it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yes. I'm, I'm definitely guilty of <laughs> not that. Not saying that's you. No, I'm not. Saying- I know. No, but I'm, I am, I am saying that I am speaking as one of those people where it is very possible to be aware of something um, yet still have challenges moving past it. Uh, and that, that actually can, can be very frustrating for people who want to change. Because, uh, you know, the thing is, is that, and maybe you find this when you're working with, with people's energy. Do you, do you find that some people, uh, you can move things around and help shift things a little bit better and while others seem to be kind of more rooted and you have to kind of do a little bit more? Um, kind of like a variation of that. Some people I can get in really easy, mm-hmm. but some people... I it it takes a lot more time to enter into their field. So they kind of have like um I guess you could say like a bigger barrier yeah. to me being able to enter in to do the work. But once I'm in everybody's kind of the same ish, you know. Yeah. But it's about the being able to get in where people really differ. So that seems to be, you know, stay with the stagnation. It, it just seems to be like an energetic wall that is essentially up. To some extent yeah. in order to get in. Yeah, it's been all different things. Sometimes, like, uh, with one person, it was all of her ancestors were there, and they weren't sh- 
yeah, she had not de- dealt with her relationship with them. And they were kind of like, can I curse on this? No. Yeah. yeah you're, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> they were kind of like, you're not touching her energy. Like, you need to talk to us. We. She needs to work with us. She can fuck off about her energy. She needs to, like, reconnect with us. And we're the answer. And then, like, so I spent a whole session. That's really the only person and um, where I couldn't, I didn't get into her field. I mean, I did get into her field, but I didn't work with her specific energy of her existence now. It was like all these people and spirits that were there that were just like, no, these are our messages for her. You can't get in. So, yeah, that's a form of stagnation. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the mess, like, I wonder if the ancestors at that point were trying to uphold the stagnation rather than... I don't think they ever are. Yeah, that's so... it. Well, because, you know, you're... Like, the thing, cool thing about Cassie is she's she has that mercurial energy and that the ability to go back and forth between, you know, the upper and the lower world. That's essentially what it is. It's a, you know, Mercury is a, a psychopomp. It can deliver messages from below up to the surface. And so you act as this, you know, guide uh, through transition and moving the energy. So it's interesting that the the ancestors in that particular moment was like, no, you're not the guide for this or resistant to that process being done. That's- yeah, I don't know that they were like, no, you, it wasn't like a, you're not welcome here, but it was saying, hey, she wants help. Tell her to turn back to us kind of thing. Oh, okay. You know? So like, you got the message. Oh, yeah, for it sure, for sure, like, for sure. But I couldn't do the work that I, quote, thought I was going in to do, which is always a joke anyway, which I is know. why it's so hard <laughs> to talk about my work sometimes where people really want, like, a clear, linear idea of what's going to transpire. But I just say that I, I'm open and I go in and whatever comes to me is what happens because yeah. it would be a very human egoic joke to think that I, you know, and sometimes I do, like I'm telling you right now to think, Oh, I'm going to go in and do this work. Mm -hmm. And then I go in and the field or the ancestors or the energy tells me, no, this is the work, you know? So they were, they were not trying to keep her stagnant at all. They were just saying like, this is the key. We're the first stop. Yeah. And we're the key. You know, it doesn't matter what her kind of like, flow is right now. Oh, beyond. interesting. I know. It's really fun. You, I, but I can only imagine you as the practitioner in that moment just being like, this is, you have to this be, is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, you have to be really flexible, you know, and, and like I said, not go in and think you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and flexibility seems to be, if we're talking about embracing change, to some, uh, in some respects, you have to be flexible, right? There has to be a willingness to shift uh, rather than sitting in the, the stagnation <laughs> to yeah. some extent. Yeah, I think it's about um, like the concept of safety mm. is that people feel really safe. I mean, I this is just what I gather because I, I don't relate to this at all. And I'm not being like a spiritual elitist. I'm just really innocently saying I don't get it. Um, but it is my role to help people move through it. And I think anyone who comes to me d- doesn't want to sit stagnant, right? Because they're coming mm. to do the work. But I think that, you know, from what I gather is that a lot of people feel safe because they're in a kind of, um, in a, like a frequency that they know. Yeah. Right? So change means they'll be in a frequency that they don't know and they don't know what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. But what I feel is really comforting to people or when I think about like helping holding space for someone in that kind of way is look at the earth. Never do we skip a winter because 
like it's all it's all a, a spectrum. Yeah. You know, it's changing all the time. It goes from different season to different season and change is okay and it's not just okay, it's actually good. Yeah. It's necessary. Because yeah. if we only you had You can't just be the one thing. Yeah. Yeah. If we if we only had winters, where how would we eat? We never get our spring to like, you yeah. know, there's a cyclical nature to life and there's there's times to build and grow and there's also times to close down because change uh, can be when you're changing into something that is growing and change could be when you're changing into something that might be falling away or decaying. And so there's different types of change. Yeah. But it's all related within its uh, within the process, within a process, essentially, of, yeah. of moving on mm-hmm. um, and, and following the natural cycle of life. And uh, I like your point about un- uncertainty because that's kind of everything, isn't it? If you don't know, isn't it scary? I don't know. That's what I find really exciting. Yeah. Like I, you know, I was talking to you before this and saying that the thing that is scary to me is stagnation. Mm -hmm. If you come back to me, like I said, my bio, you know, you said, well, if you heard the last year, uh, you know, you probably know her already. And I'm like, no, you don't because it's been a year, you know, like, um, to me, stagnation or staying the same or not changing, you know, all of whatever, however you want to talk about it. That is the thing that scares the shit out of me because this life is finite, you know, in this body. We'll come back in another body, but you don't know what the heck that's going to look like. Um, So you really my philosophy on life and in my work and, you know, the kind of knowledge that I share with everyone that I work with and friends and everything is that. You know, the goal isn't to be perfect. I tell this to my clients all the time. It's not to be like have full, clear energy. We're not going to work up to a point. And that does happen, yes. But I don't want you thinking, oh my God, I have another blockage here. Like I'm screwing up, you know? That's not it. The goal is to be changing. Mm -hmm. So you're not carrying around the same issue for 20 years of your life. You're moving through it and you're uncovering a new issue. And that's okay. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's interesting, like, especially when we uncover things we might be sitting with for a long time, because change uh, is, you know, a lot of times I feel like change is kind of like has a perspective of being on the outside. Like I'm changing a job or I'm I'm changing where I live or, you know, but really all all that it seeds within, you know, like the outside is just the external effect. A hundred percent. And that's, that's what happens too with people with their energy. It's like, um, you know, I'm keeping everyone anonymous, but I just had someone who, you know, my major message to her was you need to look for the answers inside of yourself. You're looking outside so much. Mm-hmm. You're spending so much energy asking everyone you know about every piece of your life. And it's literally only your life right now. And you have all the information and you are so gifted in all of these ways. And you're kind of just like not using that or, or valuing that. And then um, after that message, she injured her eye. Yeah. And that's connected to your third eye, third, this area. Yeah, and just being able to see and yeah. like forward in general. Yeah, and she responded back to my, because um, it was a, a distance thing. So she responded back to it, and she was really thankful for all the information. But it almost kind of seemed like it didn't really gel, hmm. you know? And then she injured her eye. So it's like exactly what you're talking yeah. about. It's like, oh, if you always have sore throats, or yes. you have a neck injury, or you, you know— that's something with your communication. It's they're not separate. Yeah. Nothing is separate. 
Well, yeah, the same with the external uh, reality, but also uh, manifestations in the body, such as those, or yeah. injury, or you know, blockage. It's always there. It's always an inside job, as they say. It's, yeah. It's, and so, really, the change happens from within, which makes it all upon us to some extent. Uh, in order, you know, like we can have guides like ourselves to help people, you know, maybe gain new perspectives or like you with have support through energy. hard times. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it, you know, you have to want it for yourself and be willing to do the work. And I know I've seen within some of the things that you, uh, some of your, uh, course materials and you you always make it a point. You're like, I'm here to guide you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ready for this. Yeah. But you have to do the work. Yeah. Because I think a major thing with, um, I mean, I don't know if we have time to get into all this, but, uh, you know, with the kind of work that I do, I think some people or in our society, it's kind of like a fun thing to relax, Mm -hmm. which, yes, it can be that 100%. You will be, um, you know, your energy is going to be kind of like remodeled into an easier way for you. But I also get downloads. And I also am very direct. Mm -hmm. And I also take my purpose in this work so seriously, almost to a fault. Um, so yeah, I mean, it happens to me where someone will think they're coming for like a cutesy thing. And then I tell them, did you just lose someone? They're here. And then they are like paralyzed and they're like, oh my God, I didn't know it was going to be like this, you know? So I try to be upfront about all the things that could happen. And that when you're working with me, you're actually entering into something that, I just want to let you know what you're, what we're maybe getting into together. And it's not like a, it's not a massage. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it might be an energetic massage to some extent, but there's a greater purpose that's behind it. And I hear that I have this, I have similar uh, situations happen in my own consultations, especially if someone comes in and they think they're just going to learn some light stuff. And at Uh the end, they're like, this was like therapy. And I was like, well, yeah, because, you know, uh, it's, we want to move through things and we want to understand and get that perspective um, so that you are not walking in the dark, essentially. Yeah. Um, There's that relaxing thing where people just think it's going to be like a cute thing that's going to make them feel lighter but there's also the thing of like where it's a novelty you know how they have like tarot readers at yes uh, a birthday party or whatever yeah. and that's okay if the people bringing that reader on really value it and understand what's happening but I think that I don't know that our society is fully there yet so I also have a real aversion to like the novelty let me try you out let me try this out thing Mm -hmm. because that just takes me away from working with someone who's actually really ready to enter into yes like getting on their path or uncovering something about their about themselves or their ancestors or something so I don't really have time I don't really prefer or want to work with people who are trying it out or it's a novelty. Not to say that I won't work with someone who's never done the work. Yeah. But I won't work with someone who's coming to like test it or something. Do yeah. You know what I, is that clear? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Like there's a, it's okay to be, the, the first, everyone has a first time. Yeah, that's, that's please. A, yes. But you have but to enter the, in earnestly yes. is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, these, these types of things, uh, both, you know, both what you and I do, even though it's totally different, they yeah. are at, to some extent, initiations into uh, a greater understanding if you allow them to be and are yeah. willing to work with it. Um, and so, 
that's exciting about the work that we get to do, right? It's <laughs> right? so exciting, yeah. Um, and so, well, I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about uh, just embracing change this week and uh, in, in getting out of that stagnation, as Cassie had put it, she was like, I'm all about change versus stagnation. And I was like, <laughs> That speaks so well to basically this week we have Pluto stationing direct in the skies, um, which Pluto, you know, Pluto's uh, brings profound transformations. It's essentially the planet that brings great change. And it's not just change within ourselves. You know, we're talking about change within a generation because Pluto moves so slowly that, you know, we're born within generations of, of Pluto. Like Cassie and I were both born with Pluto and Libra. And you were, she was born during the year where it was going in and out of Scorpio. You like <laughs> almost had that Scorpio flavor, but you're in with us Libra people. Um, but it works like, it works like that. It works with profound change on a grand level. And it also works with uh, the change that happens within to basically purify the self to get rid of all the bullshit so that you can move forward in, you know, the, the nugget in the core of who you are. And that can be hard because we don't always know that. And a lot of times it takes outside things coming our way or where, you know, situations fall through or maybe we get hurt in some way. Or like you were saying with some of the clients you've had recently that are dealing with the death of parents. Death is Pluto's game, you know, it it it. It decays. It takes away what can is no longer viable for whatever reason. And that can be hard to move through after the fact because, you know, we probably loved it. We probably were attached to it. We maybe identified with it, whatever it is that's changing in our lives. And so, you know, and we're all feeling that right now as Pluto stations and we're basically heading to the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that's happening in January. So I don't care who you are, but things are changing in your life right now. And, um, and we have to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. And when you say things falling away um, that you don't need, is that exactly yeah. what you said? And you said, oh, you might, that might be really hard because you were attached to it and this and that. That gets me so excited. You know, is the death card the Pluto card in the death arrow? card is a Scorpio card and uh, Pluto is- modern astrologers will say that it's it's a sign there but you know Scorpio and Pluto definitely have a lot that go in hand in hand yeah. so we can attest to say that yeah. kind of okay. we can say that because <laughs> when i pull that card i say yes bitch because yeah. i love it because it means movement yeah. it means yeah I, I never think about losing something that i want to keep yeah. when i when i think about change or the death card um or pluto now that i'm getting educated on it <laughs> i think about okay the shit that is holding me back is going to get out of here. And that's what I need. Yeah. So, and that's, that's, and so what happens, especially if we go back to like, we were talking about, you know, mutable energies, like, like Cassie, who's ready to move on. She's like, let's go. And then there's the fixed energies. And I definitely have some of those Which myself. Which I have like none of, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that can sit with it and, and, and stay with it and maybe even reminisce about why that time was better or live still live in that time. And she's like shaking her head. She's like, I don't understand that at all. But some of us feel, you know, a lot of people try to hold on to things. And that's actually Pluto's trick. Pluto gets us when we fight for what we what no longer is alive or are are viable in our lives. And so you know, we kind of, we fight and then we end up in, you know, we go down this rabbit hole where we might get stuck at the bottom of it because we're, you know, we've, we're fighting something that we don't have control over. And that is essentially the bottom line for Pluto is that 
when Pluto comes knocking, there, there, you don't have control over certain things. However, you have control over yourself. And if you can twist it and, and get in the mind frame of like Cassie here, who's ready for it, then you're empowered by the change and what is new ahead. And so, I mean, we all feel that right now. I mean, how do you feel about what's going on in the world? And you feel the pressures of like just society in general right now? Oh yeah, it's really hard to wade through. Energetically, it's it's a very grim moment. Yeah, and grim <laughs> is a great word for Pluto, you know, Pluto and Saturn both. And they're both, you know, Pluto stations this week, Saturn just stationed a couple weeks ago. And so the story's moving forward, you know, the long-term, you know, the big changes we have to make. And I think a lot of us are in between these spaces right now where either we're making those changes or the changes are on the horizon and we have to, you know, realize, you know, accept that the past is gone, you know, put, put, like, put to bed some of the fears we have of the uncertainty, like you said earlier, you know, because that's kind of the thing with change is the uncertainty or the fear, the false evidence appearing real, you know. But then when you really think about it, the safety is also could change anytime anyway. Yeah. It's never for granted, right? Like yeah. nothing is ever really for granted. We we might take it there if it's been fixed and been a thing in our lives for so long. Um, but at, anything it makes me think of some disclaimer at the bottom of an offer. Subject to change. Anything could change. <laughs> change yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, that asterisk is at the beginning at the bottom of all of our lives, essentially. Yeah. You know. That yeah. the characters, the program, the performance is subject to change at any time. And we have to be kind of willing to go with the flow. Now, what where I think a lot of people get stuck with Pluto, and, and maybe you could have some client stories to share with and some of these types of things, is Here's kind of a, a Pluto laundry list, basically, <laughs> is Pluto, um, you know, because it's, it get, we essentially get stuck when we're, we just don't, when we're resistant. Because Pluto and Capricorn both, because that's where Pluto is right now, there's a lot of resistance that is there. And so with resistance, we get things as blame, you know, pointing the finger outside. Like, well, well it's that person's fault or it's this fault or this thing. Or uh, say we have uh, resentment. Something went bad. We're, you know, we're stewing over it and we can't let it go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, repressed anger. That's another one with Pluto because Pluto gets super angry and repressed anger turns into depression. So that's essentially what it is. Uh, or guilt. Feeling guilty about something I did. Or, you mm-hmm. know, or power trips, trying to control everything around you. And so, I mean, are these topics that come up uh, in your work at all? <laughs> um. I mean, those are a lot of different topics. Yeah, so I'm trying all. to choose one. Choose. Um, Pick blame, <laughs> resentment, guilt. I think guilt. Yeah, guilt comes up the most out of those. Yeah, I think. Um, and to be fully transparent about myself, not just my clients, right? Because that's not fair, and yeah. I can't tell you much about them. Is that guilt comes up a lot for me around things out of that list? Mm-hmm. Like when you said blame, I think blame is just a distraction, right? Because yeah. you're just trying to deflect of what you actually need to process, and then. Most of the other ones um, are unprocessed emotions, right? Yeah. But guilt, yeah, your guilt is a looking back and a wishing you could do something different, right? Or thinking that you did something wrong and carrying it. Yeah. Um, which is not really useful. It's not. It's not. None of these things are <laughs> useful. They're all, like, like you said, de- almost deflection from moving on because that's yeah. where the fight happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
No, you're right. You're right. Because guilt is also that, just like I said about blame. I'm just way more, um, I don't like get into blame a lot. Mm -hmm. I just think that's a mess that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But guilt is also the same thing. It it is a deflection of moving forward, right? And being stuck. So I know, I guess we all have our own Pluto flavor. Our own favorite. That we take on. And then if you're super Plutonian, because, you know, some people have Pluto stronger in their charts than others. Like I am a Plutonian person. It's square my sun and moon. Exactly. I am. I'm definitely Pluto. And I have dealt with all those things, all oh, yeah. those things. <laughs> and I mean, even though, you know, I'm more aware now, the older that I get, it doesn't make it any easier. Because I think some people are just wired. Like I am, my Capricorn moon is wired to point a finger. Oh, really? It, it just is. It is. No. It's, it's, it, <laughs> I, this is a sub, you know, because moon energy can be very subconscious in the way that it's played out. It's reactive. And, uh, you know, that's just my natural go-to. And even after I said it, I'm like, ah, I'm done. You know, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, but there, there's a reflexive force that happens yeah. to it. Um, that's so interesting. And my moon, if it's connected to the moon, mine's cancer. And that would yeah. be guilt, right? <laughs> cancer is like, there's always jokes that cancer brings on the guilt. Like, that's how cancer, and I'm a cancer myself. And so, you know, yeah. you guilt people or guilt yourself or um and so that's funny how that, that rhetoric <laughs> yeah. turns out in many ways. But, you know, we all have our own flavor here to work through. And so the key is to become aware of it, right? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I don't know if this kind of plays into Pluto at all, but I think a lot of it is inner child work. That's what I'm thinking about. Mm. Because not only do I have guilt and I'm, I'm working through that always, right, as part of my story, my clients do too. And I'm just thinking about some of them and they're always, they're not present in the moment. They're in their child selves. Mm. And they're wishing that they could have pleased their parents better or whatever crap, you know, isn't real because really it was that their parents should have done a a different job for them, right? Because children shouldn't be doing the work or morphing to please parents. Parents should be fostering and supporting whoever the child is. Mm. Um, So I don't know. My mind is just going to like inner child work. Is Pluto related to that at all? Well, I mean... (sighs) The way I look at it is that Pluto, I mean, if Pluto is coming in as a force that wants to, you know, transform you or transmute your energy in some way, uh, and it's doing so by uh, shedding away whatever layers are not relevant and purifying to the core, essentially that's where this inner child should live, right? Yeah. That, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's, it's the upbringing and the reparenting, like you said, because how we were brought up you know, we're taking on layers of our conditioning and we yeah. spend our whole life trying to take off the layers that we put on when we were so young. So I know we like to think like, ideally, we should have parents that do this and this, but really the world would not be the way it is and we wouldn't have the journeys that we do um, if it weren't for those conditionings that we take on through our upbringing and our ancestry even. And so, yeah, no, I can see how that would relate to the inner child because it's just trying to get us down to the core of who we maybe forgot we even were, you know? It's interesting that you use that language too, because that's how I always think of my work is like trying to help the person get back to who they were put into this body to Mm -hmm. be in this exact lifetime in this exact moment, which I guess that's Plutonian. Yeah. 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 Cause you're trying to strip it away. You're trying to purify it and get down to the, the, the nugget of, of the, cause that's another thing too with Pluto is like Pluto stripping away because it wants to get you to your treasure. 
Yeah. It wants to get you to your point of empowerment because that's the trick of Pluto because Pluto's like, oh, you don't have control over this or whatever. But at the same time is when you're working your Pluto and you're taking control of your life, not trying to control it, but taking control of your own, you're then empowered because you're like, you're at, you're behind the wheel of your own, you know, destiny to some extent. And so Plutonian people actually have a lot of power behind them. And uh, one of the things that you have to be aware of if you have a lot of Plutonian energy, and I speak from experience, is that there's a lot of concentration, mental concentration that goes on that manifests situations very easily. So you have to be very conscious with what is going on with the inner workings of your mind and what is it that you're envisioning. Because if you're sitting in a bunch of resentment or, you know, the blame or the guilt or the anger, uh, that is just coming back to our previous point. It's just manifesting on the external realm, right? Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, tell me if this makes sense with Pluto or how it makes sense Mm -hmm. planetarily. (laughs) But um, I think that that's what we're doing all the time is that, And that's kind of the idea of law of attraction, which I have a love-hate relationship with. But it says that, you know, if I'm if I'm thinking that I deserve something or that I'm acting as if I already have something, right, then it will come to me. Mm -hmm. Or opposite. If I'm thinking I'm never gonna get this thing, I don't deserve this, it doesn't make sense for me to have it, bad people do it, whatever, all this kind of blocking uh, thoughts, then we're not gonna get it. We're gonna make our story true. And that's what I really go off of in general. I'm not sure how it relates to Pluto or different planets, but we are creating our own experience through our thoughts and through our words. And that's why I always tell people like to be really careful about what they're saying because our words create our life. Yeah, they really do. 100%. Like I have, I have learned that the hard way many times. Oh no! <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not even well for because. This is the thing with the Plutonian energy and the words, yes, are very important, but the internal words are very important too. Because, I mean, uh, the the last time in my mind that a relationship went sour on my end, um, I knew it was going to because my mind went to a certain place that was obsessive. Because that's the thing is Pluto can be very obsessive Mm. about things. And so if you have an obsessive dialogue that is turning and churning in your mind— Not only is it hard to change because you're just on a fixed course, but even though that's happening internally, the energy of the universe is rearranging itself to manifest what it is that you're so intent on. Mm -hmm. And so I, like the last, I had a a fallout with a friend of mine and that we were like working partnership and we just had a disagreement. Um, And sometimes Pluto can make it really hard to acquiesce. You know, and that's because it's interesting. Compromise is an interesting thing, especially when we're in Libra season right now, because compromise, you, you both people should compromise, right? Um, but in that particular ex- uh, example, I was the one acquiescing. There wasn't a compromise. It was more like there was a, a reverse Pluto going on, and then my mind was just obsessed about it because I just wanted to keep things okay. Yeah. And, but I wasn't okay because my mind was like, this isn't right. 
You know, there should be a compromise. It shouldn't be just me giving it all. And that's another thing with Pluto and Libra people like ourselves is a lot of times these things happen is because we actually are trying to keep the peace and don't want to have confrontation. And then we get ourselves in these positions where it's like, oh, wait, okay, well, now I'm being controlled by the situation because I'm trying to keep some false peace or be this nice person, you know? And Well, I try to flip that on its head. And instead of that kind of energy, because I think— I don't know if being from New York or the family I was born into, I've never really had that kind of vibe. (laughs) But I flip it on its head as far as Libra and think about um, things being fair. You know, that's more important to me than keeping peace. Yeah. Of things being fair. Yeah. Well, I wasn't always trying to keep the peace. Don't get me wrong. No, I wasn't. Yeah. You were. but, But here's the thing is that I went through Pluto transits where I was constantly disruptive and I was a total jerk when I was young. And then I flipped to the ultimate because I realized, oh my God, I'm a bad person. Oh, I'm a bad person. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta rearrange this in some way and like, you know, be nicer and be like more, you know, more of that Libra. But what happens is we, um, not when I say we, I see me, you know, especially the Scorpio rising, I swing to extremes. Yeah. And so I went the other way and then I found that I was like, just, you know, compromising all the time really or trying yourself. to, and then I, you know, I wasn't letting my own self be empowered because I was losing all my, my juice, but giving it away to other people, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, and we're all different. My story is going to be different from your story. Yeah. And so, so we're collecting stories here, but <laughs> as a Pluto person, that those are kind of the things that I've noticed that come up. So, um, yeah. So now I guess the question is, how do we move through? The, the transitions to some extent. Um, well, because one of the things I wanted to bring up real quick is that the the pace of life that we live at in this day and age is like crazy to yeah. what someone would have encountered even a hundred years ago. Yeah. And so I feel like we don't honor the shifts enough in our life and we get carried away with them. And at the same time, because we're not honoring them, we don't shift where we need to. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's capitalism poisoning us on purpose. It's by no mistake that we are separated from the earth cycles and our bodies and these, all of these shifts and the planets. It's no mistake. You know, it didn't happen by accident. It's capitalism and the system that we're in that wants us to just go faster and faster and produce and buy and produce and buy. Yeah. And so it's, it's a kind of a catch 22 in the sense that we are in a constant state of change, but because of that, it also creates non-movement in other areas because we don't have the time to honor the process or to, you know what I mean? Like you're saying we're in a constant state of change just like physically because we're go, go, go. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many times a day are you looking at your phone and you're getting a new idea that pops in your head or yeah. someone's did this or a phone call comes in or blah, blah, versus, you know, a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, you're going to have to wait two weeks to get a correspondence for someone that's coming with a, a letter on horse, you know, yeah. like it's, there's and how much more in touch with everything that yes. you and I, like both of our work is pointed toward trying to reconnect people to how much more in touch with all of that. Those systems were people in touch with, even though they were waiting for the correspondence, you know, I know Well, it's like, I feel like some of the work that we do is trying to get back there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and uh, that's how I'm trying to live my life too, outside of, you know, not outside of my work because my life is my work, not in a, well, whatever. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was doing these things, um, 
this when I was feeling really nervous and too like fast paced inside. And I was doing these old ways, like I was body oiling, Mm -hmm. I was yoni steaming, but I still felt my mind say, why didn't they work? Mm. You know, these are slow processes that you have to do. I mean, body oiling, you're supposed to be doing like every day. What's body oiling? Oh, it's um, basically just taking uh, like a carrier oil. So olive oil or Mm -hmm. a different kind of coconut oil and having, you can have herbs have sat in it, or you can just do the oil um, without anything and just rub it all over your body mindfully. Mm -hmm. So it's supposed to connect you like obviously physically to your body, but also it kind of insulates your nervous system, I believe. Mm. There's a lot of benefits on all levels. But I'm, I just think it's a great example of kind of the being this kind of like doing this old magic in our world, yeah. but our world being so fast. Yes. Where even, even workers like us are still programmed. We're still in this system, right? So I'm body oiling. I'm doing these like really slow mindful overtime processes. And I'm like, why aren't they working? Mm-hmm. Why don't I feel better? You know, I'm still thinking of it as a pill. Well, and that, that speaks to our, uh, our need for immediate gratification that has come through. Or relief. Or relief for yeah. how fast everything moves now. Like, yeah. like uh, you know, and... I don't know. I'm, I'm getting overwhelmed just thinking about Sorry. it. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Well, I was just starting to think about like just kind of it's it's a very rat on the wheel type of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be hard to make, you know, significant life shifts when we're always going, you know? Well, also when we're always fighting it. it well, that It's too. like it's there are so many different battles within all of this. Yeah. Because I'm even thinking, yeah, if I didn't have to do a million other things, I probably would have been fine with it taking longer, mm-hmm. you know? So it's an interesting crossroads of bringing old magic into our new world and... And giving it the time and space it needs in order to letting allow it unfold. it unfold. Yeah, yeah, the process of it. Many yeah. levels. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, you know, the, the, the Plutonian energy in, in general and everything that we're talking about here and change, this is, just, this is a process, you know? It's not like a, oh, let me open this door to change and mm-hmm. boom, I'm in a new land. No, yeah. it's you're opening a door that has a lot of steps to it, has a lot of emotions to process, has yeah. a lot of uh, outer world realities to probably deal with, depending on what it is you're changing in your life. Um, and yeah, and so there, that, so I guess in my mind, it's like, how do we slow down enough in order to shift and to make the significant changes rather than just going with the motions and, and not, you know, doing significant movement versus movement for movement's sake, I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, my, I don't know if that's rhetorical, but I think we just have to commit. That's a good, that's a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that seems so fitting for Saturn Pluto coming up in January because Saturn's all about the commitment. And actually, uh, Sol Jonasson and I are going to talk about uh, fabulous astrologer who lives in the Netherlands. We're going to talk about pre- prepping for Saturn Pluto on mm. next week's podcast. But I think you're absolutely right about that. That's that's the key. Like you're not going to get significant results. You're not going to change your life unless you commit. You know to to that plan. Yeah, commit in an old way. <laughs> Yeah. Not in not a, a new, new way. way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, I mean, how do you, what's your own process with, because I mean, you're all about connection to spirit and channeling mm-hmm. and mediumship. And so how do you, 
How does that facilitate your own ability to change or, or maybe use that with clients? What's the, what's, how does spirit help you with the process of change? Um, it's, a, it's the number one comfort that I have. Hmm. It's, the, it's the only, this is really dramatic to say, but it's coming to me. It's the only thing that's not fleeting. Hmm. You know, it's not of this world. So it's, it's actually the only thing that's not going to change. Yeah. Funnily enough. But that's, that's ironic in what we just talked about. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to do my work and I'm just a little human and sometimes I'm in flow and sometimes I'm resisting it Mm -hmm. and spirit and my ancestors and my magic that I do privately just for myself are the things that are always there. Yeah. And I stay like the that. same. That's the that's the consistency right there. That's the consistency that's, in my mutable life yeah. spirit. <laughs> spirit helps. Well, I hear that. My my consistency is a similar thing because I I feel like nature speaks through me and symbolism speaks through me constantly. And that, and I mean, that's spirit's way of contacting me because it knows my mind works in symbolic ways. And so I I get it. Like, that's what I'm looking for. That's my consistency because Mm -hmm. it will, it will help guide. And, you know, and that's, that's when the, uh, the trust in the divine and, and, and faith and what can't be seen is a really important factor in it. Yeah. That's a good point. And it's so interesting off of the other time that we spoke on the podcast about me getting kicked out of catechism. Yes. Yeah. That was a fabulous story for her chart. <laughs> it's, it's well, you know, you're, you're living your design here, basically. Yeah. Um, testing those, you know, she was testing that system. She was like, Mm-mm, I don't know, you, I need more to this. <laughs> but I wanted, but I wanted to have faith so much. Yeah. And for so many years, I always said to my partner, I'm really jealous of people who believe in God, mm. which can sound really weird. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't mean it in the way of people who are married to a religion or get their ideas of who they are from this story or whatever. I meant people that have faith. Yeah. And now I have faith. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do. Now I have faith in the divine because I have a relationship, direct relationship with it. And that actually makes me think of something else. I was listening to um, a podcast. I can't remember which one, but they were really so, had so many rules about how to connect to the divine and how to Mm -hmm. take in the message and how to um, enact it or behave with it. And like all of these really careful rules. And I just want to say that that is bullshit. Mm. Your relationship with the divine is yours. Yeah. And I'm kind of laughing inside because. I think that's what I thought about God when I was little, Mm. when I was like, why is this church, why is this guy, why is this 80-year-old guy telling me (laughs) what God is like? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I'm going no, off that on makes a total sense. Weird tangent. Now. I think that no, I think that falls exactly in line with what we're we're talking about here. And the, the you know the process is different for everyone. Whether it's you know the process of change or the process of connecting with one's faith and and divine and the spirit to have that comfort, like you were saying, to move through changes. Because if it's all chaos in our you know to us, it's, it can be hard to take a step and to trust. Yeah. But you know we have to do that. But it, but that takes faith. I just I do want to clarify too that my comfort in the divine isn't I don't know that it's like a Christian's comfort in Christianity mm-hmm. right where it's like now I'm now I'm over analyzing it but <laughs> but you know it's not like a blind faith 
I feel that I have a direct, a direct conversation with spirit and it's not kind of like a vague idea. Yeah. If that makes sense. That makes total sense. There's one thing, there's, it's, it's totally different to be like, oh, okay, I believe in this framework that everyone's created and I'm, you know, I'm just, this is the story, I'm going along with it versus like actual interaction. Yeah. And, and, uh, and developing, and forth. yeah, and developing my own practices. Yeah. Out of nothing, right? Just out of intuition, really saying, okay, I'm going to use, you know, I use candles a lot in my own work, um, not with clients, but, and to say like, I'm going to use candles for this reason or at this time of day or in this way or with this sound on. And that is my entrance point to the communication with the divine, with spirit, with ancestors. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't given to me in a book when I was seven and it was confusing. You know, I like found all of this in my own meandering. And sometimes I'll get people messaging me, asking me these broad questions about how do I work on myself? And well, (laughs) I'm just going to start saying commit. Yeah. (laughs) Because there's no way that I could know the way that you need to work on yourself. That's why my role as a healer, quote, you know, isn't that I'm going to heal you. You're going to come in and see me and I'm going to fix you up. Yeah. It's not that. Mm -mm. You're going to come in. You're going to fall apart. You know, maybe if that's what you need, I'm going to be there with you while you do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to support you. I'm going to remind you of things that you need to know. I'm going to guide you along. And then you're going to go through whatever iterations you, your exact soul, spirit, body, everything need. And I'm going to be there with you through all of that transition. Yeah. 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 That's the, that's essentially the role of the healer. They're just the, you know, initiating force that is there to help you, guide you through, uh, you know, across the, (laughs) across the river into this new territory um, and so, yeah, you know, the healer is not healing you. You heal yourself. You are definitely the hero to this journey. Yeah. And to, in order for a hero to succeed, he's got to commit to, you know, the, the path ahead. Mm-hmm. What, what the ultimate, uh, you know, we never know the end result because that's all perspective and idealisms in our mind. But essentially, you loosely know where you want to go. And as long as you commit that, and that can be super, you know, vague. Like, I just want to feel uh, satisfied with my life. You know, that's a very, it's a vague statement, but it does have an end result to it. Um, and that's a process to get there. So, and it's going to take you. Yeah. And it's a process. It's a major process, alone, like in a vacuum, not even in our, in our society, mm-hmm. but in our society that's trying to take us away from it. It's even harder. Yeah. But it's worth it. It's, it's so worth it. Because what's the other thing we're doing is living in stagnation or living in a life where we're not engaged in our life. Yeah. I would rather. Yeah. You know, just not to be morbid, but the, not do that. <laughs> not, not do that. Not do that. <laughs> And so, yeah, we're at a point right now where there's a lot of things going down, especially in the next year or so. And we're all going to be faced with these big changes, not only within, but uh, on the the world in a grand level. Because, you know, we are at a a breaking point uh, where things need to shift. And so... Is it a year starting now? Basically, with this Libra season, as we are... Coming up on these Sun Square Pluto, Sun Square Saturn, this is a prepping point. And really what I'm going to talk about the soul with next week, um, that is setting us up for this grand conjunction happening in January. That in some point in your chart, some place in your chart, 
you know, or and whatever it's talking to within that is going to be activating, uh, you know, a whole 40 something year cycle. You know, these two planets haven't met since the last time they met was before you were born. Um, so, you know, you're getting your own, <laughs> your own first time here for some of us. Um, but just embracing the idea of change, not only on the inside level that we're talking about right now, but realizing the world around us is, is res- we're responsible for making those changes in our, the outside world as well, you know? And so it's, it's, it's going to be a process. <laughs> um, now quickly before we, uh, I did want to talk real quick about um, your work because you recently just trained as a doula, right? Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is so, to me that's very Pluto in many ways. And so tell us what a, tell us about uh, what a doula is and and just some of some of your journey there. Okay, well I'll tell you why I did that, mm-hmm. and I think it's maybe Plutonian also. Um, part of it, parts Neptune, of course. <laughs> um, I had gone to various healers over like a ten year period, and piece together that a lot of them were telling me that I worked in birth. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. What? Well, I love this because <laughs> I have to give this just out because we're going to talk about this, but basically Saturn Pluto conjunction for Cassie is happening in her fifth house of uh, children. Um, so I don't know if you're going to work with, if you plan on doing any doula uh, mid kind of the, with the birth? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's falling in line with the, your Saturn-Pluto conjunction, just oh. saying, in your particular chart. But go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. Um, so various healers saw different, got different visions of me. Mm-hmm. Um, someone read my Akashic records, and she saw me, I think it was her, she saw me, like, being hit over the head in my garden and dragged to town, and, like, someone told someone else I was a witch or something, but it was really about me being a midwife. Oh. And then another person saw me, um, you know, in like a cottage with snow outside and I had herbs over a sink and there was a birthing person and I was like helping them deliver. But at the same time, I was looking outside because I was being hunted by, you know, a group of men. And then eventually they came and killed me. But yeah, there was a lot of kind of birth midwifey stuff. Mm-hmm. So then... In this life, I was always obsessed with pregnancy and birth and not necessarily raising a child. Yeah. Which is fascinating, I think. Yeah. Um, or I always thought it was kind of peculiar. It, like, that's, I was like, interesting. <laughs> I know I want to be pregnant. I know I want to give birth. Not sure. Not 100% if I want to raise a child, which I shouldn't be saying because I do want to have a child and raise it. Putting that out there. <laughs> Universe. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. I'm saying into a microphone. I don't know. Um so yeah, I when I put all of their kind of visions together with that energy that I had since I was little, I thought, okay, maybe I'm supposed to keep doing that work in this life. And there was a long period where I wouldn't even face that. And I said, no, I don't want to do that work. That seems really scary. I don't want to go back to that whatever, whatever. Mm. And then eventually I just had a moment in my own healing and my own work, you know, doing energy work. And I was in the midst of... Um, realizing I was a channel and kind of fleshing all of that out like last year. Mm -hmm. And then I said, okay, I hear you beckoning me that I am supposed to return to working in birth. So I will do that. And what we were talking about earlier um, about words and thoughts is I then went around saying to people that I was going to be a doula. So I looked up what a midwife does and what a doula does Mm -hmm. and a midwife delivers. Yeah. So I said, okay, I don't know if I'm ready to go that far into it yet. Really for deliverance. Which I honestly <laughs> feel like I might 
do yeah. that, like, down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I said, I started going around and saying, like, you know, I'm going to be a doula. I'm going to study this summer to be a doula. And I just was saying that. Had no idea of how, with who, where, nothing. And I was looking at different programs. Some of them, um, you know, there's Dona, who is the accredited one where, you know, hospitals are really cool with them. And um, I said to myself, okay, maybe I should do that because that'll be easy to work in that kind of framework. But then, of course, I said, fuck that. I don't want to work within a framework because that is stifling. (laughs) So I'm just going to go on my own and keep looking around. And I found this person, um, Angela Gallo, her name, she changed her name as Angel Phoenix Arsenal. And that was my teacher. She um, is in Australia. Her program is the highest cost out of any, like some are free. You can train at UCSD for free, Mm. but then you have to do three free births and like, you have to, you're in, you're ingrained in the whole system. When I spoke about Dona really quickly, there are, there's supporting evidence to my aversion to entering into that. Um, so, I mean, I don't have my own personal experience, but I've done a lot of research and also learned about it in my program with Angel. But yeah, so of course I chose the person who was like on another continent, the most <laughs> expensive, but chose her because she was the coolest. She was not... She wasn't going to teach you just how to do the dual work and then you figure everything else out on your own, which I feel is like a major thing about teachers that I come across where I leave the trainings and I go, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's on them. Maybe it's a me thing. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point is that she wasn't that. Mm-hmm. She had it all there. It was about, you know, it, like there was no compartmentalization. It wasn't just about learning how to be at a birth. It was about learning how to strip away all of your own bullshit and be really Plutonian. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's major. I would love to see her chart. Sure, Angel, yeah. get on this podcast. Um, yeah, it's about stripping away everything that's going to fuck you up when you need to be like a fully clear channel to hold space for someone going through the biggest transition of their life mm-hmm. where they're not sure if they can do it, where they're questioning everything about themselves, where they... You know, if they're birthing in a hospital, um, it can be very problematic. Um, A lot of interruptions, a lot of interruptions to the natural flow. Again, we're getting back to that. Um, So she taught everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, she also taught us how to um, take pictures at births. Like, it covered everything. But that was what I knew from the, without being in the training, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Then she released a scholarship to after the abortion um, laws in the Mm -hmm. South here changed. Mm -hmm. And she was like, fuck it. We need more people on the front lines of this work. So I'm releasing scholarships for this. And I really felt like this clouds opened up and shone down. I was like (laughs) at the laundromat and I was like, oh my God, this is it. This might happen. This is going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, And then I wrote, and then long story short of that part is that I got the scholarship. One of two or three people who got a full scholarship. And it was her only training in... The U.S. Yes, yeah. in L.A. So it wasn't like I had to get a flight. You know, yeah. people were at this training from London, from Michigan, from everywhere. And I was just a two-hour, three-hour drive. Yeah. You know, and then I asked my friend who lives up there, can I stay with you for 11 days? And it was, she was like, yeah, actually, we won't be here for five, so you'll just have it to yourself. Yeah. So it was that kind of lining up of, yeah. yes, yes. It's when you step out into the light and then the universe says, yes. That was the next step for you. This is what we've been begging you to do. And now we're going to, like, support you 
um, and lift you up to the next part. So um, at the training, it was kind of um, unexpected that it was so confronting. Mm. We really chipped away at the core of our identities, of what stories had we been living in for our whole lives that were maybe actually someone else's problem or story, mm-hmm. you know, when we were a child and we absorbed it. We talked about that earlier. I yeah. know. Um, and chipping away at those. And I went in and I, I was like, yeah, I've done a lot of this work. Like, you know, my whole life is doing this work. So I'm not, I'm just not sure what's going to happen here. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people entering in who maybe haven't really done this kind of work and they're going to be just totally sideways. Right. And this is all my fear talking. Like I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. in these weird versions of yeah. like, and then I came undone just like everyone else in that room. And I realized what my issues, you know, what stories I had been carrying around and what ways, what kind of things I'd been putting so much energy into at a baseline, mm-hmm. not consciously. Yeah. Um, to keep myself protected and to keep myself safe. Um, and there was a part of the training where I wanted to quit. You know, Angel says that the training is like birth. It's yeah. like you go in and you're like, oh, this is going to be cool. I'm excited. These little toys. Da, 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 da. And then you go, oh, this is actually really hard. I'm coming undone. I'm losing all of my kind of conditioning, which is what happens when you birth, right? You turn back into an animal if you're uninterrupted and allowed to do so. But that's the, quote, ideal or the ancient or the old way to birth. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you want to quit and you're like, fuck, I can't do this. I can't do this. Get me out of here. And then everyone around you is like, no, you, the only way for this to happen is if you do this. Is if you birth this baby, baby, you know, you gotta birth it. Um, and that's like what we all did. It was there was no turning back. I never would have really quit, obviously. Yeah. But there was a thing in me. I was just broken down because not only was I processing all of that, and then going through my own kind of iterations, you know, at night away from class, mm-hmm. where I was going into, you know, after the first time I really delved into kind of pain of myself. Um, that night, I wasn't. I didn't eat, and I. I was like oh, I'm not taking care of myself. Like, it's like you go into the patterns, right? Mm -hmm. As a side effect of doing the work, which is kind of also everything we're talking about, that it's not easy. Um, Essentially, there's a resistance within that, like subconsciously coming out. And why you might have wanted to quit in the moment too, even though you weren't going to. There was, something was like, ugh. You know? Yeah, exactly. And then there's a part of me that's like, for me, nutrition is huge. You know, I'm Virgo rising, yes. so I think that's that. But nutrition is huge. And I, so I would go home at night, you know, when I was first in the throes of it and go, okay, I need to eat a salad, you know. But then I just wouldn't eat the whole time. And I was like, now I'm starving. Now I'm going crazy, you know. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, to keep answering your question, I made it through the <laughs> other side. And, you know, then we got to... And to say, I just want to be clear too, throughout all of that, I was the most held and supported. I was the most broken down and the most supported and held from the purest place in a in a living human being that I could have ever been. And that's Angel. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like she was breaking us down and like, all right, you're left to your devices. Like yeah. she really, I don't know. This person is just a spectacular, I don't know how she does everything she does. She's like a full iteration of stripped down of the conditioning. I feel like you know? she's speaking some Pluto. I feel like there's Pluto I know. going on yeah. for her. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so then at the end of it, you know, we learned about birth and all those kind of technical yeah. things. There was also another teacher there, um, Dr. Danielle Arabino, who's also, well, she's she's Australian, but she lives in Australia too. Um, Angel is not Australian, but 
They both live there. They live there. And Dr. Danielle was, she's a doctor and a witch. So she merges those two worlds. She's like a general practitioner and a witch, full. So she was teaching us about blood and our cycles and the womb and the phases of the moon and, like, just everything that makes me go crazy excited. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another part of it. And a part of the training from her was we were journeying. So, for instance, I journeyed into my uterus, and there was a woman with a hawk. Ooh. And then I went to a bookstore. I know you love hawks, I love right? yeah. hawks. <laughs> and then— I'm in your uterus, Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um. <laughs> There's a bookstore. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you're in my yeah, you're like, ha! <laughs> um, Yeah. And then I just was taken aback. You know, I had never thought about a hawk. Mm-hmm. And then I did. And I was like, what does this mean? Okay. You know, I, I have magic. This is old magic. And da, 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 da. And then I went to a bookstore the next day, the oldest bookstore or I forget the last bookstore in LA. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to go there because it looks really cool. And then this book fell off the shelf in front of me. H is for hawk. Ah. Obviously. <laughs> and here's a true to form, like here's a true, uh, I'm admitting that I'm human in all of this. You know, I have like the human side, even though I'm doing all of this kind of ethereal work, I haven't read the book. Yeah. I bought the book. I said, oh my God, this is divine. I read a little of it. I was bored. I was confused. I put it down. I'm still resisting it, even though I put it in my house, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I went to that training, um, and it's been a really different way of life since I came back from the training. Yeah. Kind of, I know that me and a lot of my new doula friends from the training have, are kind of renegotiating our boundaries within our personal relationships, right? Which makes sense from Mm -hmm. what I was saying, how we Mm -hmm. were broken down in the process. Um, And... I haven't ventured into birth yet, but I will be. I'll be doing um, birth postpartum because that part just seems so delicious to me. Well, and that's some so of the most delicious. needed part, I think. It really for is. People, for yeah. Women. Well, you know what I said to my friends, my doula friends? I said, you know, I don't think I'm going to do postpartum because it seems too easy. And they were all like, what the fuck? They were like, <laughs> yeah, they were like, bitch, you better do it then because that's like the hardest thing ever. You yeah. know, the birth is like everyone's excited and yeah, all around and, and giving you brochures and literature and books. And then you have the baby and everyone's like, bye, that was great. And yeah. then you're you're, you're with the baby, road, right? Yeah. And, it, and it used to be that we were born and birthing in villages and we had, it wasn't just us alone in a, you know, a hardwood living room. Figuring yeah. out what do I do here? Like, yeah. I just, I just, I just went through a, I don't know the right word for like a, it, you know, a trauma, a, a body trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Delivering, yeah, maybe yeah. you could call it. I'm not sure if that's right, but I went through a major shift. Yeah. So I need to take care of myself, but also now I have this like light being, right? That's totally unprogrammed, sent from the divine who needs me for everything and uses my body to eat. 
Like, I, what I would, a mind Yeah, fuck. no, I would say that that's definitely a body trauma to some, to some extent. And I, the reason why I'm saying that is because there was a fabulous podcast that actually Chris Brennan did not too long ago with a woman who was talking about the rise of cesarean births in the world and how that's really going to F up astrology yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways because people are planning when they're coming. But that also, because in, in Brazil, in Brazil, it's over 75% are cesareans because of that exact reason is the women don't want the body trauma and the, the men don't want their women to be basically, you know, because once a baby comes out of there, things are different, you know? And so people are going to, to, to choosing to, uh, you know, taking control over the birthing process in many ways, yeah. which is opposite of what, I mean, you, the doula is helping take control in a sense where like, let's give some power back. Let's give some help, some assistance, yeah. some of the family, you know, cause back in the day, like ideally you would have more of a f- family type of unit that would, you know, the, the elders would probably help yeah. with the transitioning process. Well, you would have been learning about what this would be like your whole life. Right. None of it would be a surprise because you would have been, you know, a six-year-old with a birthing person birthing next to you. It wouldn't be like a big, you know, just like death. And that's what I want to get to, too. But but to answer what you just said, yeah, trauma for sure in our society. But I'm thinking of it in the way that I'm going to help it unfold. Right. So it doesn't it it can be actually pleasurable. There are there's a movement now about um, self-pleasure while birthing. And that helps bring oxytocin. That's how the baby was created. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm thinking about the ways that I'm not thinking about the reality of where our society is at now about birth, because yes, I do think that's a trauma for the most part. Yes. Yeah. But I'm thinking about how birth can be and how birth was and how I'm going to be empowering birthing people to have their births. And that doesn't have to mean no hospital, no epidural, no doctor, da, 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 da. It's whatever the birthing person wants their experience to be. I will educate them on things they may not know, and I will support them and empower the fuck out of them. So it's not like I know that there's so many ideas about doulas too, where it's like, oh, you know, we're only pushing for natural births or no cesareans. That was something we learned about in training too. Mm-hmm. There's a statistics about um, doulas lowering cesarean rates, which is great. But also sometimes cesareans are needed. Oh, yeah. Not as much as our society. No. That no. that's because the doctor has to get to a golf game. Or, like you said, they want they want to keep their vagina intact. Right? How you said so eloquently. Well, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, because but, we're all living on a schedule and it's like, well, well let me just fit this into yeah. my, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it's a system problem too, right? It's Absolutely. like the doctor has to do like X amount of things in X amount of hours. So yeah, they're not gonna let you uh you know, birth in silence. They're going to monitor you and speed you along and take the baby out and not let it happen naturally. Yeah. A lot of the time. You can also get, you know, a great care team and, you know, it can happen. I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying there's one right way to birth. It's yeah. about it's about the person being empowered. Everyone's different in their experience, I'm yeah. sure. Not but, like I know. but <laughs> Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I want to do, I'm going to be doing birth postpartum. Um because like I said, that part just seems like a juicy, cozy moment that I'm really, feels really easy to me to care for some, to help someone in that moment. Um, and then I'm also going to be doing sex and death. You know me. I can't mm-hmm. pick one thing. So you're basically saying, those are all like Pluto, all the 8th house type of thing. <laughs> really? So all those things, yes. I have yeah, that. they're the major things. So with sex, I'm going to be helping people kind of return. I'm going to be focusing on working with people who feel separated from their body. Um 
So there will be a lot of embodying work there where they get more comfortable using their body and allowing it to feel pleasure and allowing to enter into situations where pleasure will be part of it, right? Yeah. Because we've been, some people have been really removed from that too. Mm-hmm. And I think um, there could be a focus for me in the LGBTQ community there because mm-hmm. I'm queer and that's what I'm, who I'm thinking about when I'm saying all of that. Yeah. Um, and then death which is another juicy, yeah. delicious baby. Lo- Pluto loves some death. <laughs> yeah, because it's the same thing. Like just as, just as, I mean, birth is really complex, right? Because there's more than one being in it. Yeah. It's the person birthing and it's the baby coming out. So it's like a real whirlwind of yeah. divinity passing and just, uh, it's well, so, birth is it's the so beginning. intense. Because that's the thing yeah. is like it's it's all the process of the the beginning and then and then the death, which is the transition to begin again. Essentially. Yeah, but I'm saying like doulas really talk a lot about the birthing person and and in my experience, not as much about the baby, which I understand makes sense in our society. But where I'm coming from too, I'm thinking about or where where a lot of my work is. Like I said, I'm a veil walker, so I'm thinking about that baby coming down and choosing this person to birth out of, to be, to be inside of, you know, and who are they? Like what, you know, what's their makeup coming through? I know what's their planets. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then death on the other side is the person exiting back into that realm. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, yeah, I was called to all of this work by all of these other healers telling me you've done this, you've done this. And then me saying that makes sense. And everyone around me saying that makes sense and then doing it, but also, my work that led up to it, the energy work and the channeling and the mediumship, um, I'm super comfortable in the other realms. You know, yeah. my work, you know about me that my hard work is me being human. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just it, trying to incarnate have- the Pisces incarnated <laughs> into the Virgo rising. You can't, you know, the universe was like, oh, how fun with this one. Yeah. But it's perfect for everything that you do. You know, it's like the 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 exact makeup of, yeah. you know, you're the right person Thank for you. this particular, Thank you. For, for this particular job. <laughs> um, for these 15 jobs. Yes. Yeah. And I will say, you know, uh, Pluto, our, our 29 degree Libra Pluto <laughs> in Cassie's chart is trining her midheaven and her career point. So this seems like more than perfect. And it doesn't surprise me that so many uh, outside influences helped kind of carve the path to the synchronistic, you know, events that mm-hmm. led you to you know, your own Pluto initiation, essentially, within like all that, everything you just spoke of there, and especially the breaking down of yourself within the process to learn um, and, and become and be initiated into the, into doula work, basically. Yeah. Like that was part of the process too, you know? And so I, I don't know. I just find that fascinating, but I'm sure we could talk about all this stuff forever and we'll have the longest podcast that's ever recorded. <laughs> um, however, we'll save things for another time, but I know for next September, for, for next September, <laughs> I know when we talk again in September, um, now, before we go, you know, where can people find you, Cassie? You have a you have a program that you're putting out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So I have two things that um, one is already released and the other one will be released by the time this is out in a couple of days. The one that's already out is an energy membership. So this is to, um, you know, really encourage people and make people understand that this kind of work is part of our lives and helps us throughout. You don't have to come to do this work when you're in dire need. And it also shouldn't 
be a luxury. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really bold to say, but I know what I mean. So I'm not saying that in a shitty way. No, I know what um, you mean. It is a luxury to some for some people because, you know, of, of certain costs and stuff too. Like that's not everybody can go there. Like, yeah. Um, anyways, but. I mean, I think I mean, you know, like caring for yourself doesn't have to be a luxury. Just in, in general, regardless of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, money is just a reflection of all of our internal working. Yeah. Right? We, we don't have time for that. <laughs> That's um, another subject. Yeah. So, um, you know, something that my teacher Angel says is something only seems expensive when you don't value it. Yeah. And I think that's the most valid thing in the world because if you really want to do something, if you're really committed, which we keep saying that word, commitment, mm-hmm. um, money comes, like it doesn't, it happens. It happens. You make it happen. Yeah. Like, you know, I really wanted to do the doula training. I was running around saying, I'm going to be a doula. I'm going to train with her. And then she opened a scholarship and I got it. Yeah. So that's not necessarily money coming, right? But it's the opportunity that I wanted to align with so bad. Anyway, we're closing up here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I have an energy membership. It is a lower cost than if you got a single session. So it's a monthly subscription um, where you get a discounted session. You get as many additional, unlimited additional sessions um, at an even lower cost during the month. You get, um, you can share with family and you get discounts on products, you know, my medicine line, and you get discounts on events. So there's that. And then the other uh, piece that I'm putting out is my channeling apprenticeship, which I feel like we talked about kind of already here. But it will be, um, the format of it is you'll work with me for a month from new moon to full moon. Where we'll start by um, creating a tincture for you and infusing it with herbs to sit through the month and it'll be infused with all of your work. And it's kind of like we're entering into a relationship (laughs) Um, where you'll be with me. You know, I talked a little bit about my personal work here on the podcast that I don't really do with my clients. Apprentices will get access to that work because I'll basically be dueling you to divination, right? Your own relationship with divination. So it's really for people who kind of are dabbling in divination work or feel really called to it um, and really want to be held and supported. It's it's very much doula work, um, held and supported throughout the difficult times that come with that. So what that looks like is we'll be doing channeling work. I'll be holding space for you. There are different things. It's not going to be the same for every person. It's individualized plans Mm -hmm. um, based on like our first meeting where we're going to, you know, eat a lot of food and have fun and make the tincture and stuff. Um, But it's a lot of creativity. So maybe singing, maybe dancing because creativity unblocks your channel, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then it'll be, for some people, I'm hoping mostly everyone, because I love this, a trip to the cemetery to channel with some strangers. Super fun. Um, And then there will be also moments of processing together. So like, you know, shared meals and these kinds of things. And the creativity will feed into that too, dance class kind of stuff. Um, And then there will also be, at the end of it, you'll get kind of like a, a bag of you know, tools. So books that I use in my own practices, candles that I use in my own practices, um, a, depending on, like I said, it's all individualized. So some people will get a, uh, shock rubs, crystal dildo, you know? Right. I know. Woo. Yeah. We're we're unblocking. We're unblocking. These spirits are ready to party. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's like a full immersion, a one month kind of, um, relationship with me to hold space for you uh, in entering into your relationship with divination because it can be rocky as fuck. I'm sure. Um, You know, it was, I I know someone right now who's going through kind of the initiation of it and 
it can be a scary place. So you can have me there to say, you know, guide you through. I've been through it before and you can be with me in, in like a communion around it. Yeah. 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 You're essentially, you're creating a, a small community, much like the, I mean, different from the doula program, of course, but with the same sort of support yeah. that you had received through your own yes. process. I am modeling it. The, the format I'm modeling from my teacher's, um, format because I felt that it was so revolutionary yeah. and you can't take care of a person in a vacuum. Like imagine that I was doing a channeling apprenticeship where we met once a week and it was scheduled and it was exact and it was rigid and each person got the same, the same tool, the same gifts or each person we did the same things. It wouldn't make sense. If you're, if you come alive when you're dancing and I take you singing or drawing, it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. I'm not tapping into what you need. Yeah. Um, and I'm not holding space for you outside of it too, which is why I added in the processing part of doing fun things, right? Because mm-hmm. we need that. And in our society, uh, we're, we, that part's stripped from us. Totally. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And this is individual too. The doula thing, you know, there was like 20 of us, but this is going to be one-on-one. So it will never be like a big group, you know, unless I change it in a year or whatever. But this is, um, one-on-one work. And then after the month together and the um, goodie bag, quote, then you have access to me for three months to meet or talk once a month to check in, you know, Mm -hmm. as you kind of break away from the nest and are doing your own work. Um, Because a major part of my work is always too that you're not, you're not leaning on me to do the work for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's in my what to expect for this channeling apprenticeship. It's not that we're going to be together every day and night. You need to process by yourself also. This is your journey and I'm supporting it. But I will, you know, I'm going to have in my mind, I put in the what to expect, like I'm going to be waking up every day thinking about what you need. And that will sometimes look like being with you and doing something fun or being with you and doing something hard or just being there for you or not being with you. Yeah. So. So it's fair. So what we're getting here is that it's super individualized and uh, need specific in order to, yeah, because, you know, everyone's different. That's what we've been talking about this whole time here. Yeah. It's like we all have our, <laughs> we all have our different ways of getting to, uh, getting the results that we, you know, want in our lives. And so I think those are fabulous programs. And of course, I will have uh, the access to those on my website. I'll make sure that you'll be able to get to Cassie if you're interested uh, in either one of those. Uh, so you can find me at energeticprinciples.com. Uh, also on Instagram and Facebook, Energetic Principles. Um, and then what's your uh, what's your IG handle? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's Manifest Reiki Herbs. And then my website is www.manifestreikiherbs.com. <laughs> Perfect. And so either one of those places you're going to be able to find uh, those offerings and find Cassie further for the other things that she has going on in her life. Busy woman, it for sure. But, <laughs> I, you know, I, th- I love being busy. It's... Uh, <laughs> Even though I talk all about it, how it keeps you from change. But there is something about, I don't know. I just like being in movement, I guess. I don't know where I'm going with this. My brain is a little fried, so we're going to wrap <laughs> We're gonna wrap it up here. So now if you uh, feel people could benefit from this podcast and some of the things, topics that we've discussed uh, and moving through change uh, and getting rid of that stagnation, you know, share this podcast with a friend, spread the good word or uh, leave a review wherever it is you listen to this because that will help both myself and Cassie be seen further to wider audiences. Um, and also I have my Patreon subscription. So if you want to support the podcast uh, or uh, take a gander at my Astro story time and learn more about astrology,
astrology through the stories that I tell, you can get that over at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. So, all right, everyone. Well, Cassie, it was fabulous having you over to talk about the many things that we tackled on today. So I hope that you will visit with me again. Yes, I learned so much when I'm with you and I have fun. Likewise. So until until next time. Uh, so, and thank you so much for listening and tuning in. And as always, may the stars be with you.